Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Look out for the 49ers and what's going on with the Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford as they go into their bye week reeling a little bit and a big win last night for the Niners. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Ramondre Stevenson and a whole bunch of Chicago Bears and some tight ends to stream and all those things. How much faith are you going to have in the Bears offense going forward because Justin Fields might be your favorite quarterback to add. Darnell Mooney might be your favorite uh, wide receiver, Cole Komet could be among your favorite tight ends. And uh, which I don't think we want Allen Robinson, though. We'll see. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie, how are we feeling about the waiver wire this week? It's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. You know, it just depends on who's out there for you because I'm going to guess the majority of league Stevenson is rostered. Um, Mooney is rostered. Dan Arnold is rostered. But... Still some leagues where those guys are available, so those are the top players at their respective positions. Cam. Cam's going to be fun. Cam is going to be fun. Dave, maybe Cam can be a good quarterback because we didn't really have any of those in Week 10. He was one of the better ones. He had, (laughs) I think, 16 fantasy points in Week 10. Whatever he had, he barely played, so just extrapolate that over you know, 20 pass attempts and 8 carries, and he'd probably be QB1 for the rest of the season. So so he... uh, (laughs) He outscored Ryan, Brady, no, yeah. Ryan, Stafford, Rodgers, and Wilson. So, and yeah. Wentz. And Wentz, yeah. Ooh. And Colt McCoy. Well, I didn't see that coming. Um, all right, so let's get to our top priorities here. Jamie, kick it off. Who are the three or four players that we should be looking at on waivers? I think I just said them. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, <laughs> Darnell Mooney, and, and Dan Arnold, if you're looking at uh, the number one running back, number one wide receiver, and number one tight end. And then Cam is the number one quarterback, so there you go. Okay, there you go. Dave, any any disagreements there? Actually, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with Ramondre Stevenson. I liked him last week. I definitely like him again this week. I think Justin Fields is the number one quarterback to get. I think he's got more upside than Cam Newton. Cam's just more widely available, so if you can't get your hands on Fields, or if you need a quarterback this week, I'd pick two up ahead of Cam Newton. But Cam's going to be fun. Jamie's right about that. Uh, Galladay, still out there in 46% of leagues. He would be my favorite wide receiver to go after. That's the same roster ship availability as Darnell Mooney. I just think that he's got a better chance to provide a safe floor in PPR. And Logan Thomas is still hanging out there, 48% of leagues. He's a better rest-of-season type of tight end to snag compared to others at the tight end position. You got these shallow league guys, 10-team leagues, maybe slips through the cracks and some 12-team leagues of Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson probably not going to play, and Damian Harris right now. They have the Thursday game. It's Atlanta and New England, and and the injuries at running back are, are huge there, uh, obviously. So Damian Harris was listed as a non-participant Monday. You know They just had to list something. He didn't actually practice, but still in the concussion protocol. 
And Patterson may have a high ankle sprain, so he might miss some time. Uh, and they have New England and the, at Jacksonville next week. But, you know, Mike Davis, Miles Sanders could be available. Alex Collins, they're all rostering in about the same amount of leagues, and we'll get an update midweek on Chris Carson, it seems. So, Dave, if you had a look at those three running backs, Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, who could come back this week, and um, Alex Collins, are they are they must-add players? Sanders would be. Not that I would expect Sanders to be the workhorse in Philly. I think those days are long, long gone, but he might be the one that leads them and carries most weeks' rest of season. Collins, I'm not that interested in. Maybe it's just as a warm body at running back who might fall into the end zone. Well, what about Mike Davis, though? Could he be? And what about, he's you know? Not, he's not a great football player. Right, but what about him and Gallman? The return of Gallman this week. We'll see. It would make sense. It, I think we're definitely going to see Wayne Gallman play. And in the limited time when he has played, usually it's, it's almost 100% been garbage time. He's looked okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. If We don't know if the Falcons are going to make a switch from Davis to Gallman, make Gallman the lead traditional running back in their offense. Certainly he'll play if Cordero Patterson's not going to be on the field. We just don't know what the Falcons are definitely going to do between Davis and Gallman. Jamie, who's a better running back to add? Is it Gallman or double dip Foreman? Yeah. Um, I would go with Foreman just because uh, there's there's the potential of him being the best running back in Tennessee. You know, whereas Gallman, unless we find out that Patterson is out for the season, you know, is still going to be in a timeshare when Patterson does come back. And it's it's weird because the reports are differing um, from what the team told you and what the NFL Network said. The NFL Network said it could be a couple of weeks, which still may be accurate. But mm-hmm. the fact that the Falcons listed him as limited as opposed to DNP on their estimated practice report. Maybe there's optimism that he can even play this week. So we'll find out. But uh, I would probably guess that Patterson doesn't play this week and they try to get him back for week 11, for week 12, excuse me. Right, just a short week. And, you know, one thing to keep in mind here, Patterson's obviously, is he their leading receiver? I don't even know, but he's obviously a, a big part of their passing game. And the Patriots give up the third most receiving yards per game to running backs. Seven running backs have five or more catches. Eight running backs have 46 or more yards. Uh, but the Patriots have only allowed three touchdowns to running backs all year, two res- two rushing, one receiving. Yeah, but the- this is going to be so tough for Atlanta if they don't have Patterson without Ridley. I mean, they're just so limited offensively. You know that the Patriots are going to take away Kyle Pitts. It's just going to it has the potential to be really ugly for Atlanta this week. And you know they're going to pressure Matt Ryan like crazy too. The leading pass catcher on the Atlanta Falcons with forty catches, six hundred and six yards, and one touchdown, rookie Kyle Pitts. About that, okay. Uh, so, we want to give you our live schedule on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash today. Every podcast we do, we do live, including Fantasy Football Today in 5. Uh, that was a nice little rhyme there. We have our Q&As Tuesday night, like tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. You showing up? I'm going to show up. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I was there last week? No, no. I was out last week, right? Uh, I didn't realize Chris was out, too. Where was Chris? Who was that? Don't he was inactive. Be- schedule, sorry. He was inactive. Okay. Thursdays, 2 p.m. Uh, and Sundays, 11.30 a.m. Those are our live streams, all times Eastern. Hang out with us. Ask us questions. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Now we got a big time email of the day. Bigger than football. This one comes from Keith. My father, Rick, is a longtime listener of the podcast. 
I got this email yesterday, by the way. He had a heart attack this morning and is currently in the ICU, but oh. luckily is now in stable condition. When I was able to speak with him today post-surgery, he joked that the heart attack was Matt Ryan's fault, LOL. I was wondering if you could give him a shout-out on the podcast for a speedy recovery, as I know that it would boost his spirits. Yes, get well soon, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait to see you back at it in fantasy. Yeah. Rick, hope you feel better. Glad that you had the sense of humor about Matt Ryan. Um, I thought that was great. and He made me feel a spirits. different way. Not quite as serious. It was... Uh, Quite a gag reflex. I think I faced both of you in separate leagues, and you both started Matt Ryan. And I want to thank you for for doing that. <laughs> it's good stuff. How much fab are we spending on Ramondre Stevenson or whoever else? I don't think much. Um, you know, again, as we get to this point in the season, it comes down to what you need and, and who's available to you. But um, the problem with spending a lot of money on Stevenson is what happens if Harris plays. You know, so you don't want to leave yourself going into, you know, the rest of the season without a guaranteed starter. So I would say probably neighborhood of 15% on Stevenson is, is fair, but it's so case specific at this point. He's the highest guy to spend, you know, your fab money on because I, I don't think whether it's Mooney or Galladay, whatever receiver you want is, is a guaranteed starter. Um, the quarterbacks are, are, are certainly startable, whether it's Cam or Tua or Fields, but since there's multiple of them, you know, you can probably find one of them available. And then, you know, Arnold or Thomas, you know, Thomas may not play again, so just keep that in mind. But Arnold, you know, if you want to go get him in PPR, um, he just doesn't score touchdowns. So, you know, if he doesn't have another, you know, seven-plus target game and giving you a, a floor of 10 PPR points but a ceiling of about 14, you know, I don't know how much that is. Is that a guy to break the bank on either? Hey, he gave you a third of a touchdown. Yes. Got a two-point conversion. Yes. Right. Go, Dan, Go. Hey, which would you rather do? Would you rather spend 20% of your fab on Ramondre or 5% of your fab on Deontay Foreman? You need a running back for this week. We don't know what's happening in New England. We know it's going to be a mess in Tennessee. What was it? Give it again. 20% on Ramondre, 5% on Deontay Foreman. Those are my top two running backs to add. And the third is gross. I think if I... Yeah, if I really was thinking, I think I think Stevenson. I think so too. Well, the, the and, thing and, you want to look at with Stevenson is you want to go back two games ago when he had ten carries for sixty-two yards and and I think it was two catches. You right. Know, so if that and that's with him suffering concussion in the game, but also Harris suffering concussion in the game, you know, I, I think they're going to be in a fifty-fifty split. Um, Stevenson has shown you that he can be their pass-catching guy, you know, because they've tried that with him since the James White injury. He kind of failed in that role the first time, but I, I think they they trust him a little bit more now. Um, so you're getting more of a stable opportunity there with uh, with Stevenson, even if Harris plays. But the nice thing about it is, is that you'll know by the end of the day what Harris's practice status is. You know, so if he returns limited or gets cleared with the concussion protocol, then that should tell you how much you need to spend. If he's out, or, you know, a practice once again and still in the concussion protocol, then it's easier to justify spending fifteen to twenty percent of your fat. All right. So give me your thoughts. I know I asked you this on Sunday. I probably asked Chris this yesterday. But your thoughts on what the Patriots' backfield looks like if both Harris and Stevenson are healthy. I'd say it's probably 60-40 on rushing downs in favor of Harris. Uh, Stevenson probably 60-40 over Bolden in the passing game. Okay. I wasn't that excited over Stevenson in the passing game. I never got a chance to look back and see if he even pass-blocked last Sunday. But I, I think Bolden still probably has a hammer lock on those passing downs, which means that Stevenson and Harris 
would split the rushing downs. Not ruling out that Stevenson can't take some work away from Bolden. I, I wonder if at this point Stevenson's the better rusher. And he's just more physical, more explosive. They can do a little bit more with him on first and second downs than they can with Harris, or at least they would trust him a little bit more. I wonder if he's a little bit better in short yardage goal line. I can go back at him and look to see which one's been better at converting those carries inside the three. But I I, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I think that there's something good coming down the line for Stevenson. Wouldn't surprise me if he ended up leading the way when Harris even comes back. Foreman also has this little revenge game thing going on this week against right. Houston. And the Texans <laughs> have arguably the worst run defense in football. Um, only two lead running backs all year have not scored a rushing touchdown against Houston, and that was James Robinson and Christian McCaffrey, and they had a combined 12 carries, the two of them. McCaffrey left early. McCaffrey got hurt. Right, and Robinson, it was week one, and Carlos Hyde had more carries than him. It was weird. Um, But, you know, in case you missed it, Foreman was the best running back for the Titans, but Adrian Peterson was consistently in at the goal line. They were using him there. So that's the next step for Deontay. If I said Stevenson, I'm sorry, I meant Foreman. That's the next step for Deontay Foreman is to get the goal line work and he hasn't had that um okay so yeah Foreman seven percent rostered I have a feeling he'll be the most added player Gallman three percent rostered he'll be up there as well um, we can take a look at all the positions and have a general discussion about quarterback right now because I want to know how you're feeling about quarterback and whether or not you should be picking up streamers I, I usually don't even bother you know because the the starting quarterbacks have been so good but right now we're seeing you know Kyler's been out and Stafford's had two duds in a row um bye bye and he's on a bye, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you trust Derek Carr if you were going with him. Kirk Cousins has been up and down, so it's kind of an interesting time right now for quarterback. Russell Wilson, I don't know how much you trust him. Anyway, let's do our news and notes. Saquon Barkley looks like he's probably going to play this week. They're at Tampa Bay. And give you a quick stat here. Vita Vea. Vita Vea with he played five games last year in the regular season. I'm just buying time until I scroll down to find there it is. Played five games the regular season last year, and when Vita Vea played, the Bucs allowed 2.48 yards per carry to running backs. The other 11 regular season games, they allowed 3.73 yards per carry to running backs, and I do not think Vita Vea will be playing this week. He's a really important piece. Aaron Jones, one to two weeks. That's a really promising report, and the third week would be a bye anyway. So it's Minnesota this week, probably not going to play. Hopefully back for the Rams, but if not, then they have the bye. I think you can feel good about Jones coming back against it's Chicago. It's almost certain he's not playing until the bye, after the bye. Uh, Clyde edwards Ealer has a good chance to play this week. What do you think the backfield looks like there? It was, uh, I think, such an easier question after Darrell Williams had 100 receiving yards on Monday night or whatever it was. Jamie, what do you think the backfield looks like in Kansas City with edwards Ealer likely back? I think edwards Ealer will lead them in carries, but I think catches and you know, short yarders, goal line opportunities will go to Williams because that's kind of what he was doing mm-hmm. before Edward Tillier got hurt anyway. So, you know, the hope would be is that, you know, Edward Tillier gets you the, the two games that we saw before the injury with 100 yards rushing and you still get good production out of him with a chance to score. Uh, but I think in terms of the high level touches, you're going to want Daryl Williams. So he'll still be a flex. You know, he's going to lose, obviously, with, with Edward Tillier back on the field because now four of the five games that Edward Tillier has missed, it's 19 total touches or more for Williams, which has been fantastic, but that's going to go away. But I don't think Edwards Zillaire comes back and is a must-start fantasy running back. And Williams, do you think, could still be a number three running back? Yeah, he'll be in a flex flex conversation yep. for sure. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll you'll probably have a game, 
And it wouldn't be surprising if it's the first game back. Could be this week against Dallas where, you know, Williams doesn't score or has, you know, three for 30 in the passing game or, you know, four for 20, you know, one of those miserable receiving lines. But still, you, you'll look at the usage and you'll say, okay, this is something I can still buy into. So um, you're not cutting him whenever Zillair comes back. And I don't think you necessarily have to bench him in the first matchup, but um, not, not going to be a must-start guy anymore, but still a good flex option. Mm-hmm. They could also continue to use him in the run game if Edwards Zillair, A, for this week, you know, easing him back in, they don't want to put too much on his plate. B, for the games where Edwards Elair starts off averaging two yards a carry, and they go, okay, he doesn't have it today. Let's see what Williams has. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Clyde Edwards Elair is 97% rostered. Miles Sanders is 77% rostered. Edwards Elair went on IR, I think, two weeks earlier than Miles Sanders. And they both had, were eligible for an IR spot. It's weird that. Sanders is only 77% rostered, so. That's perception. I know, but yeah, I don't know. It was a long time to hold on to CEH, who wasn't exactly. Think about what yeah. my, where Miles Sanders was at the start of the year with Philadelphia, and then in the in the game where it, it felt like they were going to start running more, he got hurt. Yeah. It also could be procedural for a lot of fantasy managers because, like you said, Edwards Lair went on IR first. So if you have two IR spots, you have to make a decision, you know, depending on who you've been carrying in those spots. Yeah. All right, let me That's get through the rest of the notes here. We got Damian Harris and Cordero Patterson awaiting their statuses for the Thursday night game. Tua is going to start this week at the Jets. It's going to be nice. a close call for Kyler Murray at Seattle. Not then nice. they have a bye. What's that, Dave? Not nice. No, not nice. I'm excited about Tua. I can't count on Kyler. Ben Roethlisberger still uncertain for this week. Baker Mayfield day-to-day. Seems like he'll play against Detroit. Uh, Brandon Staley said that Mike Williams' knee injury is not a factor. Can't use that as, a, as an excuse. Cam Newton seems likely to start. They haven't officially said it, but he's going to start. Uh, Robert Sala said the Jets quarterback situation is going to resolve itself organically. TJ Watt may be able to play this week. That's great news. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it seems like, is going to be out for the season, if not the entire season, most of it. Um, Pete Carroll said he would address Chris Carson's situation on Wednesday. What are you making of this, Dave, as... Again, Alex Collins could be available in some leagues. He Carroll probably just doesn't know where he's at. So they're going to continue to monitor him and let him practice and then make a decision on him. But it okay. sounds to me like it's a little more serious. I mean, anytime there's a neck injury, it's pretty serious. But maybe he's just not quite as ready to come back as was intimated earlier this year. Cole Beasley seeing reduced playing time because of a rib injury lately. Sterling Shepard seems uncertain for Monday night at Tampa Bay, but Galladay and Tony seem like they're going to go, and same with Barkley. Whitney Merciless, Green Bay linebacker, he's out for the season, but they've really taken a lot of hits on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones day-to-day with a hip injury. We're hoping Logan Thomas is back this week as well. Pittsburgh safety Minka Fitzpatrick is on the reserve COVID list, and Jared Goff is likely to remain the starter for Detroit, and Vita Vea, as already mentioned, he avoided serious injury. Probably not going to play this week, but hope, but unlikely to go on IR. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about quarterback just in general, Jamie. You know, what are we seeing here at the quarterback position? Is it something that's just kind of a a little bit of a fluke with these studs who had such bad games in week 10 and some of them either didn't play or weren't great in week nine? Or um, is it a sign that we really need to be considering streamers more, I guess, uh, at quarterback? What do you think? I don't necessarily think you're going to see across the board people considering streamers because as good as potentially Cam, Tua, and Fields can be, 
most fantasy managers are not going to start them over Russell Wilson or Kyler if he plays or, you know, these other guys, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins and maybe Derek Carr, you know, just going by the guys that you mentioned. Uh, but I doubt when we're past the bye weeks and we get through, you know, some of these injury concerns, you're going to most likely go back to your guys, depending on what happens in the interim. So we've seen Tua do well in great matchups, and this is a great matchup against the Jets. We saw Cam, like Dave said, in the small sample size, 13 fantasy points. So what could happen when he's facing um, maybe even a worse defense this week, for example, against Washington with a full, you know, workload, full, you know, allotment of snaps and, and being the starter. Uh, Fields, you know, had one great game, one good game, but he's looking better and he's running more. So all three of those guys are certainly in the conversation to replace those struggling starters. Uh, I asked Pete Prisco this question yesterday on, on HQ on FFT, and he said he spoke to some guys around the league during the week, and he said, you know, the the thing that that they're noticing is, you know, because most, as we're well aware, offenses have offenses have such an advantage that defenses are trying to become so creative in how they're, you know, trying to stop these guys. And the example he brought up was, was the obvious one, which is the, the Ravens and the Dolphins and how the Dolphins just threw a, a, an entirely different wrinkle at Baltimore and Baltimore didn't adjust. And so we start to see more of those things moving forward. You know, you can make a case that the, the 49ers did that against the Rams, you know, and, and they brought this up on the broadcast, uh, on the Manning cast at least. I know, Adam, you were the only one watching the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they brought it up, you know, about how the Titans kind of exposed the Rams' interior offensive line a little bit, uh, just bringing That's pressure exactly up the middle. Right and how Stafford struggled in that game. And so I think we'll see some things like that moving forward, but, you know, offenses will, I'm sure, readjust and and get, you know, still more of an advantage. But uh, it, to, to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think most fantasy managers will stick with the guys that they have been starting because it requires carrying two quarterbacks. I don't think many people want to do that. They don't have to. Oh, that's a good point. You don't want to use that roster spot. I, I don't really feel like I'm watching the game when I watch the Manning cast. I think that's my issue. You don't get the crowd noise. You know, just, there's crowd noise. I don't know. It doesn't. It just. Well, Nicholson was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah. He was an intrepid reporter, or yep. at least a, a curious fanatic. Hmm. Like he just kept hammering them with questions, and then kind of throwing barbs at him while asking the questions. I thought Rivers was- would be better, uh, but it was really fun to watch Eli get squirmish when Peyton asked yeah. Rivers about if he ever thought <laughs> what would happen if he ended up in New York, and and Eli yeah. ended up <laughs> with the Chargers. Oh man, I wish I had seen that. Well, Steve Levy was great. Uh, so and they were quoting stepbrothers. Give them a little credit. All right, Jamie, officially, I think you probably just ran it off, but officially, who are the top three quarterbacks to add this week? Uh, for me, it would go Cam 1, Tua 2, and I've gone back and forth on those two guys. I actually would start Tua over Cam this week. So if you're just looking at a one-week replacement, Tua's better. Uh, but I think long-term, especially when you look at the schedules, uh, I like Cam a little bit better. Um, and then Fields is third. You know, I, I, I'm hopeful for all three of them to be, you know, become weekly starters. Uh, and Fields has a great matchup this week as well. He's he's in the starting conversation also. But uh, I don't want to overreact to him scoring over 20 fantasy points just once this season to say he's better than what Tua has shown you in some good matchups and what Cam could potentially show you uh, with the weapons he has around him. Both Tua and Cam have a bye. What do you think, guys, about Cam Newton's postseason schedule, if anybody actually cares about that? I mean, you might just be picking him up for one. That's week. not fun. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Postseason schedule is not fun. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. That's his... That's his fantasy postseason schedule, weeks 15. Although Tampa Bay, who knows what they look like by the time we get there. Yeah. Um, I want to say their defense is playing better lately, but it's hard to make Losing that case. It doesn't help. Yeah, well, who'd they lose? They lost Vea. Yeah. But they're getting, healthier. they're getting healthier in the secondary. But well, yes. they weren't healthy on Sunday. 
Sherman got hurt in pregame oh, warm-ups. I forgot about Sherman. Yeah, and I, Dee Delaney was a backup, and he got hurt during the game. Yeah, but Carlton Davis coming back, and who knows with Murphy Bunning. Murphy Bunning could come back soon, too. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that secondary. But That, that well, situation, though, for Cam doesn't really matter. Right. It's not about the right. secondary. It's more about what they do at stopping him. Yeah. He, I feel like even he, even, you know, in recent Cam Newton, go back to a few years ago when he was a starter for the Panthers, matchups didn't necessarily matter for him. It really just mattered if he got in the end zone because you know he's not going to throw for a lot of yards. Um, and it, it, he was a frustrating guy. I recall the, the it's a roller coaster ride with Cam. And it was just, did he score that one, one yard touchdown or two of them, you know, a game? And he had these huge games and some really bad games yeah. as well. And I'm worried that we're completely not thinking about the downside with Newton. Like we're we're all totally absorbed into the storyline of him oh, I, going I, back I think, to Carolina and having some fun. But there's like we saw horrible play from him last year, and we saw horrible play from him the last time he was in Carolina. So I, I'm I'm just worried that like the narrative is fun and I love it and I'm glad he's back, but I don't think his arm is suddenly going to, you know, turn into Peyton Manning's arm or anything like that. I think the thing, though, when you look at the three guys we're, we're talking about here, they all have flaws. I mean, you know, Tua's certainly shown you his flaws. And is he going to stay healthy? Uh, Fields has shown you his flaws early in the season. And who knows if he's completely cured of, of everything that he was dealing with. He still has an interception into the last two games as well. So, you know, all of these guys, I think, have have uh, a positive and, and, and certainly a negative that they're not must-start guys the rest of the way. So it's just a matter of which guy you buy into the most. All right, Dave. Someone, hmm. Ronald, in our chat wants to see your T-shirt. Looks like Red Fox. I really want him to show it. Please, is it? I'll show it uh, okay. on Ask FFT noon Eastern on <laughs> November sixteenth, twenty twenty-one, on CBS Sports HQ. All right, all right. What a tease! All right, Dave. Uh, the top running backs. Top running backs. For me, it's Ramondre Stevenson, number one, far and away. It's the only guy this week I would spend more than. 11% of my fab on. I think it's going to take close to 20% to get him because there's going to be a lot of hype around him. Deontay Foreman is second best for me. And then after that, I don't have a clear-cut third guy. If you want to wait for Latavius Murray, it's not exciting. You can go grab him. Ty Johnson's giving you a safe PPR floor in four of his last five games. Brandon Bolden is still out there in half the leagues. You can speculate on Gallman, speculate on Eno Benjamin speculate on Rex Burkhead. I don't have a top three, Adam. I have a top two. And then after Deontay Foreman, the rest of the list is crap. And usually, if Deontay Foreman is on a list, it's a crap list. But in this case, Foreman is getting such an opportunity that he's better than the crap, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but don't you He's feel, no longer crap. Don't you feel like Gallman is going to have a role? I, I really don't... Okay, obviously Patterson could play. Yeah, okay. But, but... Go ahead. But Gallman could have a role, and he might just be better than Mike Davis. <laughs> I know that they haven't they haven't shown that he's ahead of Mike Davis. He only works in garbage time, but they use two backs every week. Sure. So there's a chance that Gallman plays in a secondary role, or maybe he even starts and Davis keeps the role that he's been in. This coaching staff knew what they had in Mike Davis before the season. In the season, they studied their offense after the bye. And even after the bye, when Mike Davis's playing time was going down, they 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 didn't turn to Wayne Gallman then. And I, I've heard Arthur Smith talk about it in interviews. Gallman's been playing great. We really should get him more time. They never really did. So maybe now is the time where they do it when they're just pushing to a corner and they need to put another running back on the field. But the point of adding somebody off the waiver wire is 
for what? To speculate, to see if they can become something. Are we really living in a world where Wayne Gallman becomes something significant in this version of the Atlanta Falcons offense? I, guess. I, I don't know. If Patterson I don't know out, if Davis continue. continues to stink, absolutely he can be relevant. Right. Okay. I, look, I, I, look, you already said it's not easy to find the third guy off waivers. So I'm just thinking, like I have in our podcast league, okay, I've been starting, uh, I finally got McCaffrey back, but I've been starting Daryl Williams every week. Um, he's my number and two running back. Now you're going to need to pivot, right? Javante Williams sure. is my is my third running back, right? So, um, I'm I again, and I think you know as running backs start to get healthy, some of these replacement options might not be might not be there anymore. So, yeah, I think if Gallman can get ten carries and a couple of catches against the Patriots, he might might be okay. You never know. Yeah, see, you you say Foreman's going to be the most added guy. I would hope he's going to be the most added guy, but I would not be surprised if Gallman is the most added guy because they're both coming from the same range. And I think people are going to see, okay, there's nothing changing from the Titans right now. Like, we could sit here and say Foreman should be the guy. He should get the goal line opportunities. He should maybe be a little bit more of a factor in the passing game. Okay. okay. We don't know if the Titans are going to do that. Yeah. But at least in Atlanta, you know there's a guy potentially gone. And so, you know, I'm going to guess, just based on how our projections usually work on Sportsline, they're probably going to project Gallman for more fantasy points if there is no Patterson than they are for Foreman. And so that's going to obviously take people's get people's attention as well. So it's just a matter of, you know, how it, how it shakes out. But I uh, would not be surprised if Gallman's the most added running back this week. Yeah, by the way, when we say most added, that does not mean that we think he should be added ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. It just means he has, you know, he, he's Stevenson's or 51% rostered. Right. Stevenson's 51% rostered. Foreman is like 7%. Gallman, 3%. So they just have more, more room to go up. They'll end up being the most added. Yeah, you know, I, I take that back. Since Stevenson's at the point where he's at, I don't think we'll see Gallman or Foreman over 50% added. So... Stevenson will probably be close to 90%, and I'm going to guess those other guys are close to 30 to 40%. Okay. Uh, Jamie, top wide receivers. We haven't talked too much about this. I know you like Mooney. Who else? Yeah, Mooney would be the number one guy for me. Bateman's still second, just based on what we saw in the game against Miami, and I think he's still going to hold on to that role. And then I'll go back to Jacoby Myers third. It was nice to see him finally score a touchdown. I think Mac Jones continue to get better, and they get the woeful Falcons this week. So uh, I like the situation for Myers uh, this week, and hopefully moving forward. I think wide receiver is really interesting. You got three. The muddled group. What's that? It's a huge, very muddled group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I hate to go here because it's me, but you do have three Giants, maybe only two with Sterling Shepard not necessarily playing this week. Um, and then you got like two Jets guys even. So if we just stay in the New York, New Jersey area, <laughs> if you had to pick one from the Giants or the Jets, who would it be? And are you at all excited about those players? I'm not excited about them, but I would still go. If you give me the choice of Corey Davis with a 66%, I would go Davis one, uh, Moore two, Galladay three, Tony four. Dave? Galladay is number one for me. He's given you at least 10 PPR points in three of the four games. He's played minimum 35 snaps. He's averaged six and a half targets per game in those four games. It's just a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy. He would be one. Corey Davis, if we're throwing him in there, would be two. Shepard, if we're looking rest of season, would be three. Ah, uh, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. I guess I'll take Moore over Tony, four okay. and five. I know Jamie didn't put Shepard in his rankings. Yeah, I would go Davis, Shepard, Moore, Galladay, Tony. Okay. Dave, who are the top tight ends to get? Uh, if you think that Logan Thomas has a chance to play this week, you should make him a target. If you can stash him on your IR, you should make him a target. He's available in 48% of leagues. But if you don't want to wait for him, or if you think you can wait for him and not pick him up, 
when waivers run in your league, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, go right to Dan Arnold. He's number one. Um, great target volume over the last three or four games for him. 49% available. My second favorite tight end is just a one-week guy. Uh, it's Bengals tight end CJ Uzomama. That's Uzomana. it. You nailed it. So, CJ Umata. I'm Umata. not sure what yes. exactly it is, but I like the matchup for him, and I think that he can end up being a good one-week guy. Now, if you're not interested in a one-week guy, you want a multi-week guy, Arnold clearly ahead of him. I think Tyler Coughlin has earned some love and, and deserves to go ahead of him as a multi-week guy. Cole Komet is going to be another interesting Chicago Bears player. He's available in 86% of leagues. And if all those guys are somehow gone, Adam Troutman, 97% available. He's been getting an uptick in playing time and targets um, really since uh, Simeon became the quarterback for Nolens. All right, to recap here, Top quarterback priorities, Cam Newton, Tua Tungabailoa, Justin Fields. Running back, Stevenson and Foreman are going to be one and two. And then you could go Gallman three, maybe Latavius Murray, maybe a pass-catching guy um, like Brandon Bolden. Ty Johnson or Brandon Bolden. Right. Right. Ty Johnson has five or more catches in three of his last four games. In the other game in there, he had a receiving touchdown. The problem with Ty Johnson, though, is Zach Wilson's probably starting again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wide receiver Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Jacoby Myers. That was the top three for Jamie. I think Dave would have Galladay up there. And Galladay, Shepard, Bateman for me if it's rest of season. If it's not rest of season, it's Galladay, Bateman, Mooney. Okay. And then tight end, Dan Arnold, Logan Thomas. Then you got like CJ Uzama, who Dave likes, uh, Cole Komet, Tyler Conklin. And there are other names. There are a lot of guys in the same boat. Evan Ingram will be in there as well against Tampa Bay. DSTs, Jamie, who do we got? And kickers. The Dolphins will be the best. Uh, you know, just hoping that what we saw last week, really the last two weeks, but uh, last week against Baltimore, where it seemed as if Brian Flores had more of a hand in the play calling, but clearly they're getting healthier and they're looking pretty dominant. And they get the Jets with most likely Zach Wilson, which is a good spot. Uh, the Panthers against Washington. Uh, their defense has played fantastic for the majority of the season, but certainly the last three weeks. 49ers get the Jaguars, Packers. You know, if you want to buy into what they've been doing, I get it. Uh, but We'll see if Minnesota has anything to offer, but I'll still put them on the list. And then the Chargers, if it's Mason Rudolph, uh, even though it's going to be a Steelers home game in Los Angeles, uh, I still <laughs> think you look at Mason Rudolph against any defense, you'll take your chances more times yeah. than not. Uh, kickers would be Nick Folk, still uh, continuing to produce and still under 65% rostered. Randy Bullock, same situation. Uh, Zane Gonzalez, I didn't realize, was a top 10 kicker, so you know you can buy into him uh, with the offense potentially improving as well. Jason Sanders, uh, Saunders, excuse me, uh, against the Jets, and we know the Jets have been really good for opposing kickers. And the same thing with Robbie Gold against the Jaguars. Is it Jason Saunders? Sanders. Sanders. No, it's Sanders. Jason Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, yeah. So the Dolphins. Not only do they have the Jets this week, they have the Panthers next week, and obviously the Panthers are much worse with Sam Darnold, but it's not a bad matchup. And then they have the Giants. So it's Jets, Panthers, Giants, next three games for the Dolphins. Then they have a bye. Then they have the Jets. You might uh, you might get some good weeks out of the Dolphins DST. Dave, you got any IDP? I do. Uh, Davion Taylor has been a starter at linebacker for Philadelphia. He's had at least seven total tackles, six solo each of his last two games. He would be the first priority for me. Mm. Uh, Texans, Camus Grugier-Hill is uh, the next guy up. He's been playing a lot, and they're coming off the bye. If you want a Texans linebacker that's going to stop a lot of runs, he would be the one to get. Titans linebacker Monty Rice had 11 total tackles against New Orleans. 
he would be next up. And then just two other guys on the peripheral at defensive back, Eric Rowe for Miami and on the D line, Marcus Davenport for the new Orleans saints. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll recap San Francisco 31 Rams 10. We'll get the drop meter out and we'll go back over the waiver wire with some more names that you need to know. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. San Francisco 31 and the Rams 10. And San Francisco just with a great game plan. Now, I didn't officially see this, but I do think this is the case. Did you guys see uh, Is the drive they had in the first quarter? I believe it was the longest drive of the season, time-wise. Like 11 minutes. Yeah, because the longest drive of the season, from what I saw, was the Washington football team. Washington one, fourth quarter. Yeah, and then I think, I'm pretty sure the Niners one was longer, in term, just in terms of time. And they had the ball for over 39 minutes in this game. So they just, uh, you know, to be honest with you, they didn't run all that well, I guess, but they ran a lot. No. And they kept converting on third down and such. Anyway. They, they used paper cuts yeah. to take down the Ram. What were your big takeaways, Dave? That the 49ers used paper cuts to <laughs> take down the Rams. Uh, that LA's offensive line is a problem. And I remember thinking, like, when they when they acquired Odell Beckham, my, my first thought was a sarcastic, can he block? Because I knew that the offensive line was going to start to become an issue for them. And then I thought, well, maybe they think that they can get defenses to p- play back a little bit and you know only rush four and not blitz very often because their receiving core would be so deep. And then Robert Woods got hurt. So I, I feel like this isn't the the expectation for Stafford moving forward. I think he's going to have some good games. He'll eventually get on the same page with OBJ where he's not chucking it in his general vicinity where it's just an easy interception 40-plus yards downfield like he did in the first quarter. And Cup is still the man. Van Jefferson's going to have a significant role rest of season. That's good to see. Well, let's talk about Beckham versus I also think, Jefferson. I also here. think the Rams, the, the Rams have to get back to running the football more. Uh-huh. They just they they can't ignore it. They, and it's been a staple of what Sean McVay's done. I know it kind of gets thrown, you know, out of the headlines a little bit, but they got to try and get their ground game going again. All right, but how do you feel about Beckham versus Jefferson? Beckham just, you know. I, I didn't see the snap count. He played 27% of the snaps. So obviously they were easing him in. Jefferson plays yep. most of the snaps, most games. But I think it's discouraging that he's had six to seven targets, four straight games, and he's been under 50 yards in three of them. And in this game, you know, he could he dropped two. He bobbled a touchdown. Dropped a touchdown. He dropped a slant, mm-hmm. I think it was, that could have been, I don't know, maybe like a 20-yard gain. He could have had a huge game. Um, but But the box score doesn't show that. So Beckham versus Jefferson going forward, who would you take? I think I'd rather have Beckham on the hunch that he ends up getting more targets and that Van Jefferson settles back into that role that he had when Beckham wasn't there and Woods was there. Which is to say that Van Jefferson will matter. He'll be okay. Maybe he's like a number three fantasy receiver, but Odell can be a better number three receiver just because I think it's clear from the interception. They don't mind trying him as a downfield guy, and Stafford has better downfield accuracy than Baker Mayfield does. So I would imagine that those two will eventually learn to connect with each other. Jamie, would you drop Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham for Darnell Mooney or 
whoever else, Rashad Bateman. I mean, if I need a receiver for this week, I would drop Jefferson for Mooney, but I'd like to stash Jefferson. Like you said, he's got at least six targets in three games in a row. Uh, we have to see what they do with Beckham. You know, that last night wasn't a good indication of what this offense is going to look like, you know, because the offensive line struggled, because they were trying to work Beckham in, because they got the shock of losing Robert Woods on Friday, you know, so there wasn't a lot of practice time to adjust. So I think give them a bye, see what happens coming off the bye. Uh, so if you could stash Jefferson, certainly do that. Obviously, you should be stashing Odell Beckham because hopefully there's a strong finish for the season without Woods on the field. So I, I would like to hold on to the Rams if I can while they're off. Boy, Daryl Henderson's really struggling lately. He's got eight or fewer PPR, five or fewer, uh, yeah, five or fewer non-PPR points in four of his last five games, I think, or is it three of his last four? Um. Yeah, three of his last four. I'm sorry. Dave, you said they have to get back to running the ball more, but you know, is Daryl Henderson, do you think he's in line for a strong finish? I think he is. Without looking at the matchups and knowing exactly what they're up against, I think the Rams will go back to him, and I think he's a tremendous buy-low candidate right now. His value's in the tank. So if yeah. you need a running back, he might be the guy to go trade for. And then also pick up Sony Michelle at the same time. You're going to have to make two transactions to lock up this Rams backfield, but I think it'll be worth it. Once again, Daryl Henderson evaluated for an injury. And how often does a guy get evaluated for a concussion and come back? You know, he did come back, thankfully, but he's flirting with injuries and he's already missed time once this year. That's why you need Michelle if yeah. you've got Henderson. And, and Michelle's 45% rostered. You should probably, if you can, pick him up anyway. He's probably going to get dropped going into his buy in some leagues. Um, let's, okay. Debo Samuel is a legit star. I just completely underestimated him. Now he's a running back. <laughs> uh, that was fun. They lined up Mitchell at receiver a couple times and, and Debo in the backfield. It was mm -hmm. amazing. I, I just, how can you say sell high at this point, right? You just like, what do you think about Debo, Jamie, rest of season? Sell high. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're loving this. I mean, he's been arguably the, the best fantasy receiver based on his draft capital, you know, from where you got him and where he is now, you know, so, um, you know, you could say the same thing about Cup, but Cup was like a fourth round pick, yeah. uh, fifth round pick maybe. But Debo Samuel was, you know, double digits. Uh, he, he's my biggest whiff by far, you know. So uh, I, I did not expect him to do this. I thought this would be Ayuk, you know, leading the, the, the way for the 49ers receiving core. And, and Debo's back to being a supercharged version of what he was two years ago. So it's awesome. Hopefully Jimmy G keeps the job. Uh, you've, you've noted this, Adam. I think somebody brought it up to you that, um, and it's improved, obviously, that, that they're in the playoff race and, uh, stronger than ever right now um, with a with a good matchup against Jacksonville coming up in Week 12. So no reason to see Trey Lance playing anytime soon, which is great for the receiving core there. And he's done this now the last – or did this this week. You know, last week was a little bit more frustrating. But uh, having this game with Ayuk and George Kittle on the field, you know, it's a good sign that he's still going to be a pretty dominant force. And as far I as Ayuk goes, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you would Go you ahead. drop Ayuk for – would you drop Ayuk in general or or hang on? I would, I would drop like him for some of the receivers. I, I mean, I would like to hold him if I can. You know, again, it's it's a game where they didn't have to throw very much. And they may not have to against Jacksonville. They may not have to very much moving forward. But at least you saw some flashes in the two previous games. You know, so uh, I would still prefer to hold him. Like, I, I don't know if there's much more upside for Mooney or or the Jets guys or the Giants guys based on what you can offer as well. So I'd go the other way. I'd, I, would, I would drop him for Galladay and... Uh, PPR leagues, if I could wait for Sterling Shepard, I would drop him for Shepard. I would drop him for Bateman. I would drop him for Mooney. I, I really, I mean, 
just because you brought it up, I just how do you have any faith in the Giants wide receivers? How do you have any faith in their offense? I don't. <laughs> None but Shepard is just, the only one, and the fact that he's hurt is uh, is, is frustrating because you know I the, agree. The thing that we saw, we've seen uh, Ingram's playing better. You know, two touchdowns in his last three games. Um, his targets have gone up. Galladay, is he going to stay healthy? Tony, is he going to be involved when everybody else is on the field? Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in them. And and like we said, uh, the Tampa Bay secondary is getting better. I don't know how Daniel Jones will do in a primetime matchup against that defense. Coming off two straight losses, by the way, also. Oh, I know. I was so pissed that Washington beat Tampa Bay. I was like, oh, gosh, now we're going to get pummeled. <laughs> I uh, saw somebody tweet, though, that uh, Daniel Jones must be super excited that Trevor Simeon and Taylor Heineke have just beaten Tom Brady back to back weeks. Yeah, the Bucks are going to show up. Uh, I mean, it's not really a far, far drive for them. They should show up. Who do, who are the, do you know who the one <laughs> seeds are right now in their respective Tennessee. conferences? In the conferences? Uh-huh. Yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee and the AFC. And Arizona, right? No. Green Bay. Oh, Green Which Bay, yes, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee is the one. And Carolina is the seven. Uh, Tennessee and- has such an easy path to, to, to hold the one. Yeah, they really do. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be that team that gets the bye and then loses in the divisional round? They lo- they lose the home game? Probably. Henry Henry could definitely be back. Keep that in mind. Henry could be back. Yeah. It, it's it's been, I mean, Mike Rabel's looking like the coach of the year uh, if, if they get the one. Um, their defense, oh. what it's become based on where it was, like the identity of this team has flipped completely. Uh, no, nah, they could be really dangerous if Derrick Henry's back. Okay, let's go to the dropometer. Ryan Tannehill. Speaking of first place, first place starting quarterback, he's got Houston this week. Dropometer on Tannehill. Two. Five. Are you starting him this week? You could. Uh, like I have uh the league where you beat me, which is our IDP league. My quarterbacks are Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill, so that's an easy one. <laughs> uh, I would yeah, start him ahead of fields. He's a low end starter. I okay. would start. I would start Tua ahead of him. I just like the matchup against the Jets for Tua. But I'm just. But let, let me probably just, the only streaming guy. Uh, yeah, for Tannehill, it's if you're not starting him this week against Houston, I don't think you're going to start him at New England, and then he has a bye. So if you're holding on to him and you're not using him this week, it's probably three weeks in a row where you're not using him. That just keep Fair that point. in mind. Uh, how about Jeremy McNichols and or Adrian Peterson? How droppable are they? Uh, McNichols is a nine. Twenty-five plus. He, Peterson is like a, a seven. Could score this week. He could. He can get you exactly what he got you two weeks ago. Ten for twenty one and a touchdown. He looked or a he little bit week, better. Ten for twenty one or eight for twenty one and nothing. Yeah, he looked a little bit better, but I mean this this is a three headed monster until one of them either separates from the pack or another one of them gets hurt. Drop a meter on Cole Beasley, ninety three percent rostered. Zero. Three. Emmanuel Sanders, 97% rostered. Four. Four. Jarvis Landry, 82%. 12 in non-PPR, six in PPR. Sure. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 81%. He's droppable. Uh, From what Dave said, PPR versus non-PPR. Gotcha. Yeah, Peoples-Jones probably going to be one of those guys where... He's up, he's down, he's some oh. good games, you know. Right. He he was the one that suffered from what Odell suffered from for all that time in Cleveland. He had an end zone target that was off target, couldn't catch it. I think he dropped another pass. Like he had a bad game in a big opportunity against the Patriots. Uh Marvin Jones, 89% rostered, zero to ten. 
Ten. Bye. But what was that? A buy or a five? Bye. 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 Okay. Adios. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has thrown five touchdown passes since week one. Cortland Sutton, 96% rostered going into his bye week. Comes back, gets the Bye. Chargers. See ya. Bye? Okay. And then. What a shame. To the waiver wire. So, all right. Cam Newton, Tua, and Fields. That's Jamie's order for this week. Or is, I'm sorry, or did you say you like Tua better this week? If you need a one-week replacement, two would be the, the best way to go for one week. But there I think go. Cam yeah. has a little bit higher ceiling moving forward. Okay. Does Fields have the highest ceiling moving forward? Yes. You, you can argue that. But I think, again, they're all three kind of very similar. You know, you've seen two has been, you know, not fair to say to Cam, but two has been the best of, these, of this trio in terms of his highs from what we saw against Jacksonville and Atlanta. Um Cam obviously has a pedigree that you can buy into, and, and Fields is a wild card. You know, so he's looked much better the last two weeks, but as a result of looking better, only one game over 20 fantasy points. You know, so is he going to just look good and not have big production? Uh, is he going to be in a game where, you know, Baltimore's defense finally figures it out? I doubt that. But, um, you know, the hope would be as he continues to run 38 rushing yards or more in four straight games, and his receiving core starting to play better, you know, with Cole Komet coming on in the game against Pittsburgh, what Darnell Mooney's done. And maybe whatever he gets out of Allen Robinson, which just is the crappiest thing to say that he's the one you have to throw in. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to like about all three of these guys, to be honest. With you. I, it, they're, they're all going to you know use their legs to a certain extent. Um, Tua, honestly, might might be underselling his ceiling if he gets back Devontae Parker and Will Fuller down the stretch. Right, and they That's still they have point. such a bad run game. So um, Yeah, and, I, and they've been one of the pass-heaviest teams all year. So right. I, I think you can make that case for Tua. I like two of the best just for week 11, but Fields is getting more comfortable. You can tell when you watch him play. The fact that he's running more than he did earlier this season is a huge perk for him. The offensive line in Chicago might end up being the biggest and healthiest offensive line in all of football for the rest of the season. They're getting back Tevin Jenkins. He should man one of the tackle spots. Recently, they got back Larry Borum. So that offensive line could be really, really good. And that will only help Justin Fields. And I, I got this weird feeling that Allen Robinson's going to end up mattering in the second half of the season. I, I think Fields has a chance to be maybe a league winner. So I'm yeah. I'm really happy to try and stash him first, even if I don't necessarily need. If I really like, if I've got Josh Allen, I'm not getting Justin Fields. But if I've been kind of streaming, or if I'm a little nervous about Justin Herbert, and I can get Justin Fields, I'm taking him first ahead of Tua and Cam Newton. Okay, yeah. To the last time we saw Justin Fields, he, he it seemed like he had a, a breakout moment. We'll see if he can continue it, but it was really good down the stretch against the Steelers. Now, And he's been making great throws, especially intermediate <laughs> and downfield throws, like last three or four games. Like He's really been showing off what his upside is, and it's just a matter of him. It's a matter of time of him meeting that upside, but is it going to be in 2021 or 2022? And yeah. I'm, my hunch is that because the offensive line is going to be healthier, that it's going to be 2021. And last thing, Baltimore is just really not that good of a defense this year. So you see right. Baltimore right. on the schedule. to fall apart a little. Not that right. tough. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing pretty well lately. He only scored 19 points last night, but that was on 19 pass attempts. That's coming after two straight games with 320-plus yards. Jacksonville's... Prop. We on FFT yesterday. What's that? Oh, the prop? Yep. Yeah. 121 completions plus 100. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, Jacksonville, the last two quarterbacks to face them were Allen and Wentz. They scored 16 points combined. 
So I don't know how I feel about Garoppolo this week against this surging defense. They're playing much better. Absolutely playing much better for Jackson. All right, look, Jackson, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, you got Mac Jones facing Atlanta. They're horrible. Taylor Heineke at Carolina. Uh, I'll throw in Trevor Simeon at Philadelphia. Baker Mayfield against Detroit. Anyone that's going to crack your top 15? No. Of the last three that you mentioned? Uh, No, Garoppolo, Jones, Heineke, Simeon, Mayfield. No. Is Mayfield even going to play? Supposedly. They say he's going to, they said that they, he could have come back in, but they were just getting walloped, so they, they didn't even bother. Mac is my favorite of the bunch, but none of them are top 15. All right, let's go to running backs then. Let's talk about some guys we haven't discussed. Um, okay, so if Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, and Alex Collins, I asked Dave earlier, and you said Sanders, right? I did. Okay. Jamie, how about you? Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, Alex Collins. Yeah, Sanders for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even consider Alex Collins at this point. They're they're using too many guys without Chris Carson there. But are they? Because I mean, they're, they're, they're expected to. They, they were expected to this past week. All right. How about Jordan he, Howard? He's, he's not good. Jordan Howard. Yeah. Well, you could say that. Jordan Howard's seventy-one percent rostered, and uh, you know we don't know that Sanders has come back this week. First of all, but also they have the Saints, unfortunately. So if you saw Howard out there and you saw Ramondre Stevenson out there, who'd you go with? Stevenson by a mile. Maybe right. even a mile and a half. If you saw Miles Sanders out there in Stevenson, who would you go with? Sanders. Am I looking for a running back for this week or for the rest of the season? Well, you answer both. Stevenson for this week, Sanders rest of season. Okay. I mentioned this on yesterday's show. And but yeah, I- that could come back to bite you because Harris could play. But by Tuesday, we'll have a better idea of that. Uh, yes. So anyway, I mentioned on yesterday's show, a writer for The Athletic, just speculating. I'll, I'll just read the quote. He said, oh, wait, I have it in Slack with Dave. Sorry, I got to look it up. All right, well, I'll come back he to that. Adam doesn't have his stuff entirely ready <laughs> to tell you about Miles. Didn't he say something he like, said, even though Sanders is it. coming back for an hour to what happens? What happens when Miles Sanders is healthy enough to return? The running back will be eligible to come off IR as soon as this week. But it's fair to wonder if the Eagles won't mind if he takes his time coming back. Sanders is Philadelphia's most explosive running back, to be sure. But he might not be the one best served by the offense's style at the moment. If the Eagles want someone to take what's there instead of dancing in search of the big play, the Scott-Howard combination is working just fine. Thank you very much. Something to think about. All right. Ooh, the thank you very much. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay, other running backs. we got to get into the deeper leagues here. We've got, um, so, so okay, it was Stevenson, Foreman, Gallman, Latavius Murray. Jeff Wilson had 10 carries, but Eli Mitchell had, I believe, 27. Patrick Taylor is the number two running back, presumably, for the, for the Packers. Aaron Jones until missed, Jones comes yeah, back. Yeah, Aaron Jones missed a couple of games last year, and AJ Dillon was the number two running back, and he had five or six touches in those two games. Uh, Eno Benjamin, Ty Johnson, uh, you got Brandon Bolden and Boston Scott who are in the mix. I don't know, Jamie. Have any thoughts on some of the names I just mentioned? I'd be Patrick Taylor, Eno Benjamin, Ty Johnson, Jeff Wilson, Brandon Bolden, Boston Scott. Yeah, I have no interest in Ty Johnson unless Michael Carter's hurt, especially with Tevin Coleman back. I have no interest in Brandon Bolden right now with what Stevenson's showing you. 
Um, in terms of those other guys, Wilson could be a lottery ticket because if something happens to Elijah Mitchell, as we've said for many, many weeks now, uh, when he's healthy, I think he'll end up being the second best guy there. And uh, they didn't even bother to use Trey Sermon with Jermichael Hasty out. I don't think Jermichael Hasty would be the lead guy, so Jeff Wilson should be added if you have a roster spot to play with. Uh, Taylor's a short-term speculative ad. What happens if A.J. Dillon goes down and, and Aaron Jones is more than just one to two weeks? So if you have an open roster spot in deeper leagues there, uh, I'd put him behind Benjamin because Benjamin, we know, is going to be the second guy for Arizona. Uh, with Chase Edmonds out maybe four to six weeks, he's on IR, so at least two more weeks. So, you know, I, I would put, I would go Wilson, Benjamin, uh, Wilson, Benjamin, Taylor, and I wouldn't care about Ty Johnson or Brandon Bolden, these guys right now. Okay, you wouldn't care about Ty Johnson if Mike White started? If Mike White starts, yes, then I would have more interest in him, but I don't think we're going to see Mike White again. I think the pumpkin is, is uh, he's turned into a pumpkin again. What about Boston Scott? You said no on him, 54%? No, I, I mean, Miles Sanders is coming back, and he's still in a timeshare. So he looked Do, really good against the Broncos, but uh, you know he's he's not been great in the interim without Sanders on the field. We don't know for sure that Sanders is back this week, though, do we? We do not know, but I would anticipate him coming back this week. Yeah, and they have really beat up on terrible run defenses, and this week they get the best one in football in New Orleans. We'll see how that plays out. Okay, wide receivers. You've got... Uh, Corey Davis just missing the cut. He's 66%. Would he be, where would he be on your list, Jamie? Which is Darnell Mooney one, Bateman two, Jacoby Myers three. Where would uh, Corey Davis fall? He would be third. Okay. And then you have Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. Dave likes Galladay a lot more than that. Um, Let's talk about guys that are available in almost every league. Ray Ray McLeod for the Steelers, 12 targets. That was wild. And he should have had a touchdown. Deontay Harris, and basically all of the Saints guys. DeAndre Carter, two straight games with 51 to 56 yards and a touchdown for Washington. Marcus Johnson for Tennessee just had 100 yards. Brian Edwards is more rostered than them, but he's only 27% rostered. Gabriel Davis. Dave, maybe there's someone else out there, but... Ray Ray McLeod, Saints receivers, DeAndre Carter, Marcus Johnson, Brian Edwards, Gabriel Davis. What do you think about these guys? They're good, but the one that I would tell you is Jamal Agnew, who's available in 86% of leagues. He's given you at least 10 PPR points in four of his last five. Don't look and see how he's done it because it's been fluky as hell, but he's managed to do it, and it's 12 PPR, three of his last four. He's got a role in this Jacksonville offense, and I, I don't know if he's in – in jeopardy of losing it because he didn't make any catches last week, but he had that explosive 69-yard touchdown run, and I think that that's going to propel him to continue to see work in the offense. He's my favorite of the guys that you mentioned. Brian Edwards should be getting more targets. He's just not getting a lot of them. I think it's like four per game, um, but big, physical, rangy outside receiver, he should be getting more work in Las Vegas, and I think he does have breakout potential. I just wish he'd get more targets. He would be second for me on the list. And Deontay Harris is third. He's only been playing about a third of the snaps. He's given you at least 10 PPR points in four of his last five. Don't look and see how he's done it, but just be happy that he's giving it to you. I wonder if he eventually ascends in New Orleans offense, plays a little bit more. They use that speed a little bit more. And his target rate goes even higher than it's been. His target rate's been pretty good, better than Brian Edwards. And he could end up being somebody who could help you out a little bit. Uh, maybe as like a... Uh, spot starting number three receiver, a bye week guy. So, I want to go back to Ray Ray McLeod for a second because yeah. you mentioned the the targets and first game without Chase Claypool. 
Uh, is it a byproduct of that's a guy that Mason Rudolph is comfortable with, or is it going to be something that changes when Ben Roethlisberger is back on the field? So he's absolutely worth speculating on because if Claypool is going to miss time with that toe injury and these are the opportunities he's going to get, he could be really special in PPR. And Jamie, I want to finish up on the wide receivers and, and talk more about the Mooney group, you know, Mooney, Bateman, Myers, Elijah Moore, Gallup, Giants wide receivers. If we're just thinking long-term, who in this group do you think has, and I'll throw Corey Davis in there too, uh, who in this group do you think has uh, must-start potential in your fantasy playoffs? Oh, I can't believe I'm relying on Corey Davis or Mooney or Tony or whatever. Mooney. I mean, you know, we, we can't sit here and say Fields is, is playing better and has this great opportunity in front of him without looking at who's been his best receiver for the majority of the season. And so while Robinson may have an opportunity and Komet may have an opportunity, Mooney's proven that he can be a go-to guy for Justin Fields so far. And so schedule sets up nicely for him. Uh, I think we'll see, you know, if, if Fields does have better protection and he's more comfortable, that's the guy he's going to look for down the field. So Mooney can be a league winner, absolutely. Okay. Uh, maybe there's more than one. I didn't know. I didn't oh, I mean, if it. you want to go more than one... Um, there are a lot of a lot of potential on this list here. Yeah, there's a lot of potential. I mean, you know, Bateman is somebody that they're going to continue to use. And, you know, I, I think it just based on how Lamar Jackson's playing and throwing the ball right now, you know, you got to be encouraged by the continued growth and, and taking a step forward in the last game, even though they looked miserable. But that was the game with Sammy Watkins on the field and Watkins struggled. So I, I think he has the potential also to be, uh, you know, number three receiver and three receiver leagues. I don't think any of these guys are, are top 24 guys. Uh, Mooney would be the closest. But, you know, uh, with all the Giants healthy, I think it's going to be tough to trust any of them. Um, with the Jets guys, you know, how will Zach Wilson, you know, play with these, play with everybody there? You know, we saw Moore do a lot of his, Moore had a lot of his best production when Corey Davis was out with the hip injury, you know, so does Davis coming back just kind of wreck that a little bit? That's the concern there. Uh, Myers is, you know, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden start finding the end zone uh, on a regular basis, but uh, PPR-wise, you know, he you, you've seen some of the potential for him, so, you know, that's somebody you could buy into as well. Let's take a look at the tight ends now. If Hunter Henry Dave were available, he's 77% rostered. <laughs> he's got the most unsustainable profile, but would you pick up Hunter Henry or Dan Arnold? I'd pick up Arnold just because I know that he's getting more targets and just because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet doesn't mean that he's never, ever, ever going to, although Lawrence is his quarterback. So there's a chance of that happening. I just, you hate the downside of Hunter Henry when he doesn't score a touchdown. It's going to be two fantasy points for your squad. So I, I, I'd rather take the safety net that Dan Arnold provides rather than Hunter Henry. Okay. I guess the only counter to that would be we've only seen it once in the last two months. <laughs> it's been crazy, but I, yeah. I, Adam said it. I agree with it. I don't think it's necessarily sustainable where he's going to catch a touchdown every single sure. week. I guess, I guess the other part would be is how hurt is Johnny Smith? Yeah, but oh, I don't even think Johnu matters anymore. Well, I mean, we saw his, his best game in terms of targets, catches, and yards in, in, in a long time in the first game without Johnu. With last week? Yeah. No, Four targets. first game without Johnu. Well, you mean you mean week 10, Hunter Henry? Yeah, that, it wasn't much, but yeah. it was a spike in targets and catches for him. I, oh, I don't know if it was a spike. He had four targets. Didn't he have four? <laughs> what would be the Huge. Two, two targets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. And then you got Logan Thomas, who's got this really good schedule beginning in week 13. Las Vegas, Dallas, Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia. Uh, Cole Komet. I was still put the Seattle matchup in there, too. Sure. Carolina's good, not great. Uh, and uh, yeah, see, then Seattle in week 12. Right. Losing track of the weeks here. Carolina's getting better. All right, Komet or Conklin this week, guys? Who are you going with? Who? 
Komet or Conklin? I'll go I'll Conklin. I'll take the long-term uh, appeal of Komet. Okay. Right, but just for this week, it's Conklin. Yeah, no, I still I still go Komet. Okay, how about Logan Thomas or Komet or Conklin? Logan. Uh, Thomas, Komet, Conklin. Uh, Evan Ingram or Gerald Everett? Ingram. <laughs> Ingram. Adam Troutman. Oh, my gosh. He's got six or seven targets in three straight games, and he faces the Eagles. We need to come up with a nickname for the Eagles based on how bad they are against tight ends. Could it be? The flyover. <laughs> they're, the so, I mean, they're so bad. The Feebles. What did you say? The was, Teagles. The Teagles. Oh, tight end. Yeah. E. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you, I mean, Troutman. Where, where are you going to end up ranking him? Significantly outside the top 12. I mean, he's he's just not scoring. Not, not yet. scoring and not getting a lot of yards when he does make catches. Okay, but he's got the the feeble, the feebles. And Cameron Braid against the Giants is another guy you could look at. What about Jeff Swaim against Houston? He gets five targets a week now. Yeah, he's been involved in what they're doing. He's playing a lot for them, too, if I recall correctly no one's going to prioritize him. No one's looking for him off the waiver wire, but there's also no guarantee that this target rate will continue. And then Michael Crow will get a touchdown. Yeah, true. DST streamers, Dolphins are the headliner, Panthers. It feels like Swaim is the new Ferkser and Pruitt is the new Janu. Oh. Well, that was really reliable last year. Would you start the... The Browns DST or the Dolphins? Browns against the Lions, Dolphins against the Jets. Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Okay. And then would you... Although the Browns are as close to a sure thing as you could get at a DST. Every single DST against Detroit this year has given you at least eight points. How about the uh, how about the Tennessee Titans against Houston or the Dolphins? Titans, Titans are my top DST. Ah, all righty. Okay, kickers are Nick Folk. Folk. Nick Folk, Randy Bullock, Zing Gonzalez, Jason Sanders, Robbie Gold. We're done. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. We'll see you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, for our live stream here at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And check out uh, check out Fantasy Football Today, Jamie's show. Jamie hosts that one on CBS Sports HQ. Noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. on Sunday. Bye.